Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's no nonsense this week. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who loves a delicious Triscuit. Uh, yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who's never seen a blue duck. Very true as well, Trey Newman. All right, on today's episode, we are going to get back to football. So let's get right into it and start with the coaching carousel. It should be done spinning, I think, at least. Former UCLA head coach Carl Durrell has been hired at Colorado. Ryan, what'd you think of this one? <laughs> what? I kind of had, I kind of forgot who he was for a second, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, been a while. Wait, what called that guy? I you know, I was like, I heard the name and then I I didn't, I saw a picture of him like, you know, pretty quickly after I saw the name and I was like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Kind of forgot about his years. tenure. Yeah. I forgot about his tenure there at UCLA and it was, and then I went back and kind of, I mean, obviously it wasn't a good, a great tenure because, you know, would have remembered it if it was, but he did have that one good year. But if you look closely, it was just a bunch of close wins and, you know, he was like a 500 coach is really what he was that just got kind of lucky one year. So it's obviously everybody's kind of underwhelmed by the hires. And I I am too. It's not a, I mean, this doesn't create any excitement for Colorado. Yeah, oh, it was totally underwhelming. I mean, it wasn't on anyone's radar. I I even looked at the some local local news in the Denver Post. They had a writer, he wrote an article essentially pretty much hating the hire and calling the coaching search, quote, a wet spill on aisle four. Is that Woody Page? No, it actually wasn't. It was this guy, <laughs> Mark Kisla. But, but I mean, if the Denver Post is writing that, I, I have to imagine some of the, the buff fans are. That's, uh, it was kind of ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not as if he's been a coordinator for, for most of these years since, uh, he got fired at UCLA. He's primarily been a position coach. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we are all in agreement, underwhelming, but, then again, we were all underwhelmed by Herm Edwards, and that's it's still too early to tell, but it seems to be going pretty well for, for yeah, Herm. at least he had a name. True. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know, you know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's, uh, let's get into this episode then. The 2019 first-year head coaches, we're going to revisit them. And the question is, do we feel better, worse, or about the same regarding the hire as we did at this time last year and there are 27 coaches to get to so a lot and we're going to go in reverse order of where Athlon ranked the hires in their preseason magazine last year by the way Mitch Light no longer at Athlon very sad for us very sad yeah I I didn't see where he went did you the athletic like everybody oh of course yeah so he's moving up good for him yeah uh let's let's start with number 27 Trey yeah, we got Scott Leffler with the Bowling Green. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator before at Boston College and Virginia Tech. And as far as the way I feel, I feel about the same uh, just because I didn't really expect a ton from him. Uh, the one thing I that is a little concerning, though, was Bowling Green really struggled on offense, and that's his calling card. They only averaged 16 a game. Um, but if I was, you know, forward looking, the positive side is that he did bring in the second ranked Mac, uh, recruiting class. So maybe he can develop some of those players. Are we all staring at me? Is it my turn? 
Yes, yes. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Just a little little mess up here in my notes. Yeah, okay, let's move on to 26 here. We got Thomas Hammock, uh, another Mac action action here. Uh, Thomas Hammock was hired by Northern Illinois last year. From uh, He was hired up from uh, as a running backs coach before that uh, for the Ravens. And there's, I mean, at that time, well, at that time I didn't think it was great, but I kind of figured it would probably be okay because Northern Illinois has gone through a few head coaches and still just kind of maintained that level of success. But uh, you got to feel worse about it at this point just because they went 4-4 four and four, uh, in the MAC last year. That was the first year since 2007 where they didn't finish with a winning record in conference. So 13 years. That's pretty crazy. The, yeah, they've gone at least 5-3. and three. Uh, ever since 2007. So it was uh, under a few different head coaches. So not a good start for him. Um, but, you know, maybe they can get it back next year. But I don't, I'm not liking it. I don't think it's going to, I never, I don't think he's going to get it going. Okay. Number 25, Jake Spavital at Texas State. He, of course, came from uh, West Virginia. He was their offensive coordinator. And he took over a team that had gone three and nine and had really been struggling. And they continued to struggle. They went three and nine again. So you might think, well, it's about the same. But I'm actually going to say I feel worse about this because going into last year, Texas State was third in the country in Bill Connolly's returning production. So SP Plus had them going five and seven. They were supposed to be better, and they really weren't. So that's a it's a tough gig, Texas State, right now. Yeah, yeah, it really is. All right, next is Walt Bell at number twenty four. He's the head coach at UMass. He was previously with uh, Florida State and Maryland as their offensive coordinator. This is a tough one because he was really in a no-win situation last year. He inherited a team that only had six returning starters, and they had a fairly tough schedule. But honestly, I'm I'm feeling worse because I just don't see how he can turn it around. U- UMass was historically bad last season, like, and all 11 of their losses were by 21 or more points. So at least double Oof. digits, Ryan. <laughs> nice. But, and, and then you look at the defense, they give up over 52 a game. I just, I don't think he's going to have time to turn it around, honestly. All righty. Let's move on to number 23 on the list. We got Tom Arth uh, from Akron. Um, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> hard to be, feel better about this one. <laughs> yeah. You have to feel pretty bad about it before in order to feel yeah, better. I felt pretty horrible about it. So I, honestly, I don't really feel much different. I know they went zero and twelve and were just horrible, but I mean, we all were like looking at each other last year, like, "What is this hire?" He was he came from UT Chattanooga, where he was nine and thirteen in the two years he was there. It's like he, he wasn't successful there. Why? And you, they were pretty good before he got there. Which yeah, was, exactly. That's the thing. So it was it was horrible then, proved to be correct. Still horrible now. So I I honestly feel about the same. Yeah, Trey, you mentioned uh, Walt, Walt Bell going into a no-win situation. I think yeah. Tom Arth went into a no-win situation. Got it. Yeah, okay. All right. I was expecting a lot of laughter. Yeah, a mm, lot? So, uh, yeah. 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 Sorry. The listeners probably probably were. Uh, 22, Mike Loxley at Maryland. And so, we're all going to give our thoughts on the uh, the Power 5 hires. So, look alive, Trey and Ryan. Yep. Uh, I'll get us started. I think so. This was a pretty underwhelming hire at the time because, of course, what Loxley had done at New Mexico, his previous head coaching position. Um, but maybe you thought he got the Saban uh, juice on him. Whoa, 
phrasing, Ooh. but um, <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to plow on through that. Uh, turns out no juices. There were no Saban juices on him. Wow, I said it again. Uh, he went... <laughs> oh my God. Keep it going. It's going off the rails already. Somebody help me. Uh, they went three and nine, okay, at Maryland. One and eight in Big Ten play. Their only win over Rutgers. So hey, he it got just him, he was, got him ranked this year, though. So I know it started out super well. They killed Syracuse yeah, right early yeah. in the season, which seemed like a, a good win at the time. But as we saw, Syracuse just wasn't very good. Um, and yeah, the wheels just kind of fell off for for Maryland. The one saving grace is recruiting. They finished thirty first, which is good. But honestly, DJ Durkin had for the most part been recruiting even a little better than that. So. Bottom line, I guess I feel a little bit worse. I, not that I felt great to begin with. Right. I actually kind of go the opposite way. I feel a little bit better because I didn't have high expectations for Loxley. I know he came from Alabama, but his previous head coaching stints were obviously fairly dreadful. And you you laid out the on-the-field struggles um, aside from their, their first couple games. But I think that – you know, they were 31st in, in recruiting, pretty good for Maryland, sixth best in the Big Ten. And I've seen, I saw that they already started the, uh, the 2021 class pretty well. So there's a lot of talent in that area. And I think he can at least make Maryland semi relevant. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make them relevant. I, I, I was low on this hire as most of us were, and I'm still low. So I feel about the same as I did. They uh, did not put a good product on the field. They were, really really bad i mean heck nebraska had toyed with them like 50 to 7 or something it was atrocious that was one of the worst teams that nebraska played um and the recruiting thing isn't it's not good enough to just coast off of it and make good teams if you're not getting top 15 type classes you're not going to just be able to coast and compete in a conference like the big 10 so 31st is not going to cut it you're still middle of the pack and you got to match that with coaching, which Loxley hasn't proven he can do. So, nah, it's to me, I'm still low on this and I'm uh, not going to work out. All right. All right. Well, we'll go to a, another new Big Ten coach, but we're going to talk about Mel Tucker. And of course, we're going to kind of stick to his stint at Colorado. So I'll kind of ignore the Michigan State situation um, because honestly, actually, it seems like uh, he seems to be making the right moves there, at least with the fan base. But as for Colorado, I'm going to say I kind of felt the same as I did when he was hired because I didn't really know what to expect. As Michael, you always talk about with these coordinators, it's it's really hard. It's just it's who it. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, he was obviously Georgia's D coordinator before being hired at Colorado, and on the field, I mean, he started three and one. There was some hope. They had a couple big wins. But then they struggled and didn't even make a bowl game. Uh, he's known for defense. Their defense regressed um, more than it was worse than it was the prior year before him getting there. And I thought with all the skill position talent that they had, including guys like LaVisca Chenault, that they would at least make a bowl game. Uh, not so much. And he was awfully conservative in some uh, some key fourth down situations in games that I didn't like. He has an so NFL mindset. I, I'm not overly high on his stint at Colorado. Well, it was a short one. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, number 20 here. This is for everybody. We got Mac Brown. He was obviously hired by UNC from ESPN, which is a good program. Um, yeah, the fr you got to be encouraged here. I mean, I, I, I felt like I, I'm trying to remember what I felt, how I felt last year. I felt like I was actually a pretty solid hire. I think we're all in agreement. Like, hey, this is Trey, Trey was down on it and you and I were okay. up. 
Yeah, I remember. I was like, hey, no, I sorry to call you out there, Trey. <laughs> I, I admit it. I yeah. was. Yeah. No, it's just because you knew he was going to recruit. You knew he was going to support himself with a good staff. Um, That was the main thing. He was going to support himself with a good staff. And, of course, it helps having Sam Howell. I mean, that was just, yeah. you know, saving grace possibly for – I mean, he had an outstanding freshman year. And that's kind of the future or the reason why I'm even higher than I probably was last year because of – how great he played yep. the 19th overall recruited class coming in and just a good coaching staff so there's you got to feel very good about it if you're unc yeah going seven and six was definitely a few wins better than expected and then when you take into account the fact that they were three and six in games decided by one score that i mean very e- what's that two point away conversion away from beating clemson exactly yeah they very easily could have won eight or nine games so yeah. That is uh, an amazing year one. Yeah, and the add on the fact that they dominated their bowl game, leading into a bunch of hope into this offseason. No, yeah, that's I, nice. I'll eat crow. Like I'm, I'm all aboard this way more than than I was a year ago. And if I was in Chapel Hill right now, I'd be pretty excited for the the next uh, couple years. Okay, getting to number nineteen, kind of a similar hire uh, in some ways to the to the Mac Brown hire, Les Miles at Kansas. This one, though, uh, not as good. What the other uh, way on this one, though? Yeah, exactly. I feel worse about this. On the field, it was more of the same. They went 3-9. and nine. That's a typical Kansas year. But you thought at the very least, or at least I thought, that he would give them a big bump in recruiting. And it was slightly better than David Beatty's classes. But like I said, I was expecting more than just slightly better. So I feel worse. I totally agree, Mike. They were... 10th in the Big 12 in recruiting. I thought his name alone would would knock that up a couple pegs. But you know, it's weird they when they beat Boston College earlier in the season, you kind of thought, "Oh, okay. Well, I mean, people were already talking like bowl game. Like I, I, I that was unrealistic, but you at least thought, "Okay, maybe they're turning a little bit of a corner." Not so much. And they lo- lose a lot of uh senior productivity, so he's he's going to be basically starting over this year. So I'm I feel worse as well. Yeah, easy answer. Feel worse. There's just no way to slice it that you can make it look better they competed in games this year they were they looked like they were more competitive than the usual kind of kansas but three and nine is three and nine it's there's no way around it yeah and i took a look at sagarin just to yeah they weren't that much better at all it's they weren't yeah they were barely better at sagarin yeah all right number 18 tyson helton at western kentucky he came in from uh from tennessee as their offensive coordinator i feel much better about him than last year. Uh, I was, imagine I was fairly neutral on him last year since he was one of those coordinators, but they were three and nine the year before he got there. They finished nine and four this year. They beat Arkansas. They actually killed Arkansas and they had a, their, they won their bowl game over Western Michigan and both sides of the ball improved. I mean, in conference, Western Kentucky had one of the best defenses. He did really well with, uh, their quarterback, Ty Story, who was an Arkansas transfer. So job well done by Tyson Helton. Yeah, definitely a good year one. Um, all right. I got Eli Drinkwitz. So we kind of got another Mel Tucker situation here. He's already gone. Um, so yeah, Drinkwitz was uh, the App State's head coach this past year. He was hired away from NC State as their offensive coordinator. And I think I was pretty dang high. I think uh, I remember. I think most of us were. I can't remember particularly. Maybe Trey was low again. Of course, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I was probably pretty neutral. No, on I it. have no. I I, I just kind of remember thinking because 
he did so well with Finley and made that uh, NC State offense really, really, really efficient. So, um, but it, he hadn't been a head coach. So I guess it was a little worrisome. But you got to feel probably better after the year he had, going twelve and one, winning the Sun Belt Championship. I mean, it, they had a lot of talent, no doubt about it. So he kind of kept the train moving. But yeah, he didn't. He walked into a great situation. Yeah, he walked into a great I mean, situation, outside but. of outside of Ryan Day, he walked into a very good situation. Like, yeah, a lot of coaches could have had success, but he did. He did it. He yeah, did he what he had to do. And it's hard. I mean, hard to win twelve games, no matter what situation you walk into. So, uh, he true. Did, he did a great job, but now he's already at Missouri. So, okay, sorry. Moving on to number sixteen. Trey was extremely high on this one. I remember that. Chip Lindsay at Troy. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm making that up. Uh, but no, it, at the time, it it did not seem like a great hire because when he was hired, he was Kansas's offensive coordinator. So I don't know. It's not exactly where you want to go pluck talent from. I know he had just been hired there, but still. Um, and he took over a team that had won double-digit games for three straight years Tough act to follow, but he did not follow it well at all. Five and seven, missed a bowl game. You got to feel worse. Yeah, probably. I I would agree. All right, next, number 15, Manny Diaz uh, from at Miami. Uh, so it was kind of, if you remember the the soap opera last, last offseason, he was Miami's defensive coordinator, but then he took the Temple head coaching job, but then the Miami job opened, so... He jumped, jumped ship from Temple really quick, and hey guys, he was undefeated at Temple. That's right, that's right. <laughs> oh boy! But wow. I honestly, I feel worse than I did. I, I wasn't all in on Diaz, but I liked his background and his passion for Miami. But they had some real head scratchers this year, as we've talked about a few different times, losing at home to Georgia Tech and then neutral field to FIU. The offense couldn't find its stride. They were pretty pathetic at, throughout most of the year. They had a dud performance uh, in their bowl game against Louisiana Tech. Uh, I do like that he made some staff changes and brought in Derek King, but as far as year one was concerned, I w- I'd be a little discouraged. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, definitely got to feel a little bit worse about it. I was I was pretty high on it. I thought he'd do a good job bringing in talent and stuff. Um, in the on-field product, you thought was going to be better. Going six and seven is not a good first year considering how much talent that they had on on defense in particular. Um, you thought that they were going to, in a weak ACC, to, to yeah. add to that. No, their schedule like, set up really well. Their preseason win total, I forgot this, was eight and a half, and the over yeah. was oh, favored. man. Yeah, well, the over was favored. Well, they went like 10 and three last year, or the year before, right? With, Is that right? They, I, remember they started like 10 and 0 with Rozier? And then oh, they, that was that year, really? The year they got killed by Wisconsin in the... Uh, I think so, wasn't it? Phew, time flies. I'll check it out. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy. Well, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe that was the year before that. But either way, yeah, it must have been. I'm looking it up. You can just, you can stall. Yeah, now it's getting the years all confused. Uh, they played but, Wisconsin in back-to-back years of bowl games. Yeah, that was the year, that was the year before. The okay. year before, um, 2018, Rick's last year, they went 7-6 and six and lost in the pinstripe bowl. Okay, there you go. Yeah, now that you mention it, it kind of makes sense. But still, they, you, like you said, they had a lot of talent coming back. Yeah. You, they were supposed to be good. Yep, in a weak, weak conference. I mean, but I, I still think you can get Miami to be pretty good though they're you know their recruiting's good um pretty far ahead of most of the accs it's just a matter of whether or not they can get that offense going that was the one saving grace is that he kept the recruiting class still good i think they finished 13th so yeah that's that's right in line where where miami should be these days um but 
everything else was was bad. So yeah. I, I got to say, I feel I feel worse. Yep, no doubt. All right, let's move on to number 14 on the list. Uh, this is an easy, easy answer here. We got uh, Jim McElwain from Central Michigan. Uh, man, you have to feel really much better about this one than you did uh, a year ago. You know, I'm always kind of worried about coaches who are kind of going backwards in their career. Like it didn't work at a power five or an upper level school and then they got to drop back down. Kind of just seems like you lose momentum and it's hard to regain that that swagger or wherever you want to put it. But he far out, far exceeded everybody's expectations. Oh, McIlwain's got swagger. <laughs> yes. He he wrestles animals. Um, <laughs> that joke jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah. They were not supposed to be good this year. They ended up winning the conference uh, somehow. So that was just an incredible year one. So you you no doubt feel better about McIlwain. Yeah. Well, they won their division, not the conference. Oh, yeah, that's right. They lost in the title game. Yeah, to Miami of Ohio, right? Yeah. 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 Yep, my bad. That's okay. You're just uh, making us all look really dumb, Ryan. Yeah, well, I've had a couple of those so far. Number 13, Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Who? Yeah. Yeah, who? (laughs) You don't hear his name a lot. (laughs) Well, because there was kind of not a lot of talk about his hire because it was very smooth transition. Joe Moglia? Moglia, Moglia, yeah. Yeah, now I'm now I'm embarrassing us. I'm sorry. Uh, the rich guy. He's a Nebraska guy. TD Ameritrade guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The rich guy stepped down and uh, Jamie Chadwell just came in. He was previously their offensive coordinator and had, you know, been their interim head coach um, a couple years prior. And uh, anyway, they had gone five and seven the year before he took over. And last year, 2019, they went five and seven again. But I actually think I feel slightly better because they're going to be 19th in the country in returning production heading into next year. So I think there's a, a decent chance they could be making their first bowl game. All right. Can you guys name Coastal Carolina's nickname? The Chanticleers. Very yeah. good. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. Just know that from basketball. And football. All right. Next one. Rod Carey, number 12. Uh, he's the head coach at Temple. Uh, previously, he was the head coach at Northern Illinois. I honestly feel the same, and I, I really say that because I wasn't all that high on the hire originally. He inherited a, a pretty good Temple team from Jeff Collins, and they had they had a, a really solid defense. They started the year 5-1. and one. They even beat Memphis, uh, but then they finished the year real slow, laid an egg in their bowl game. They lost 55-13 to 13 against North Carolina. It's the Rod uh, Carey effect. He's going to now have to rebuild that defense on his own for the most part. So I'm not super high right now. I'm a little, little worse than I was. Yeah, I'm a little worried Temple might drop back into the uh, Temple that we kind of grew up with. They were just t- terrible every year. They were. Um, all right, moving on to number 11, Gary Anderson at Utah State. I I feel kind of about the same on him. Um, I felt solid about the hire uh, at the time. He obviously had a huge reputation um, there. So I, even though it was kind of what I said earlier about the coming back down after it didn't quite work out at a power five school for him at Oregon State, and it, it kind of did work for him at Wisconsin, but it just, I don't know, he left for some odd reason. He didn't get along with the admin or something, but um, but I knew that he just had such a reputation at Utah State and they kind of looked at him as like the guy that got things going there finally. So it yeah. created excitement and at the don't the boosters and stuff that were kind of on board. So I thought it was going to be good. And they went seven and six this year. So it was a decent year. They weren't supposed to be amazing. They lost a ton offensively. They had Jordan Love. Yeah. But 
other than that, I think they only had one returning starter. So they they just really didn't have anything else outside of him. And they're, you know, it's seven and six. If you make a bowl game at Utah State, then you're being successful. And he did that. So I feel, okay, about the same. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit generous, but they did have a tougher schedule this year. Tougher so. schedule. And like I said, they, they didn't have much per returning production. They had a solid defense. but I know, but it just seems like Jordan Love, he just regressed so much. I know, like you said, they, they lost everybody around him. So I guess yeah. that's what happens. I mean, but That's huge. That's true. Um, okay, Ryan, you're, you're up again because it is time oh, hey. for the Trivia yeah. Zone. All right. Oh. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is, you have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia Zone. All righty, gentlemen. Uh, I have two prepared here, just in case you get this first one real quick. But we'll see. Uh, first one. Can you name the three coaches to win a national championship and a Super Bowl? Head coaches. Okay, I got I two. I got Bill Walsh. Is he one of them, Trey? Or no? I don't think he won a national title. Okay, yeah, I guess maybe didn't. But we've got Pete Carroll. Yep. Ah. USC and huh. the Seahawks. Of course. I've heard of him. <laughs> and then we've got Jimmy Johnson, uh, uh, Cowboys in the Miami. There you go. There's two. Very good. All right, so there's two. Hmm. Got one more. Yeah. What about, I don't think Switzer ever won in the uh, the pros for the Cowboys, or did he? Oh, I think you, I think you might have got Switzer? it. Yep. Oh, yep, all right. Switzer. Nice, nice. <laughs> there you go. Sweet. Yep. That, all right. So I figured you guys would get that one kind of quick, because those were some pretty big names. Uh, oh, well, way to give us, way to give us some credit for it. Yeah. Jeez. Like, we just pulled out Barry Switzer and Jimmy <laughs> Johnson on. from way back. Yeah. All right. Good job. Give guys. us another really chance to job. impress you, Ryan. Please. Uh, here's here is uh, a <laughs> if he gets all these, I'll be impressed. Can you name the top five college football coaches with the most wins? But the 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 caveat here is they have had to have at least coached into the nineties, so like at least somewhat recent. So the most wins ever from coaches that have coached at least into the nineties and beyond. So you could start in the sixties or seventies, but you have to at least have coached in the 90s or most, more recent. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Um, so, so like Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno's number, it's got to be one. Yep, Joe Pa is number one. <sighs> okay. Um, how about, I mean, did Tom Osborne get there? Yep, Tom Osborne got there. He was number four. 255? I believe it was, yeah. Okay. I don't have the numbers. I just have the okay. <laughs> order. Uh, well, Trey, what, how about Bobby Bowden? That was number Bobby, two. Bobby Bowden's very good. So you got one, two, and four right now. Okay. okay. So you're missing three and five. I'm trying to think. Nick Saban, has he been long enough? He's He is one behind number five. Oh, okay. He, so right. he's sixth. Ooh, ooh, okay. What about, um, I'm trying to think like, you know, Steve Spurrier, but he went to the NFL for a little bit. Trey, how about, I don't know if he won enough games, but Frank Beamer? I'll just guess it. Whatever. Frank Beamer. Nah, Frank was about, he was about 10 behind. He was close, but not not quite. Okay. Okay. Um, what about, uh, Mac Brown wasn't there at Texas long enough. What about, uh, oh, what about Bill Snyder? 
Nah, he was he was up there, but not not top five. Okay. Is there anybody obvious we're missing? You don't have to tell us, but uh, number five is definitely somebody that is a very strong personality, and you definitely know him. Um, Urban? No, he's no. Let's see here. Hmm. Well, are either of them active? No, no. Okay, but I think they both coached into the two thousands. Hmm. Okay. Uh, one coach, number three, it was at, like just at one school, and number five coached at multiple lou holt no yeah lou holtz yeah number five that's lou holtz oh, okay yeah good there one mike go. so you're missing number three what nice job mike what about barry alvarez no no he has a stadium named after him what conference he has a stadium named after him that's all i'm going for right now <laughs> uh and i talked about him recently oh lavelle edwards yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. More of a giveaway there. Yeah, I was not that was gonna, a tough one to come up with. I was right? not going to come up with them. No, yeah, I would exactly. never have come so up with that. Up. But that was the one outlier where I was like, eh, that one's going to be tough to get. But yep. He was he coached into 2000, and I didn't know I was, was just that about to look that up and fact check that. Yeah, when did he? Yeah, he coached 2000 was his last year. Wow. Okay. I know, right? All right, that was I liked that one, Ryan. That was that was a good question. Thank you. Um okay, we're exiting the trivia zone by Bruce by Coach Saban by Herbie. We're to number 10 now, and it is Hugh Freeze at Liberty. And they had an awesome year. They went eight and five. They won a bowl game in year two in FBS. But I'm actually going to say I feel about the same because at the time it seemed like a great hire. And that's just how it turned out. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I feel a little better. Like he pro- proof nope, is in the I was just I was so dead on about the higher <laughs> yeah, Ryan right, that I just right. feel the same. No, he's gonna if he has another solid year though. Yeah, he'll if you're come a middling back power five school. Oh yeah, you got to take a look. He's not untouchable. No, no, he's exactly. I mean, only yeah. when he's in a hospital bed. But true, it's a dentist chair. Well, it, that well, was game both. two. Yeah, <laughs> both. Well, yeah, he did true. Both. more recently, I guess. <laughs> All right, now. The next guy. This one's tough. Ryan Day, Ohio State. Is it? Yeah. How's this tough? Well, it's okay. How's this? It's hard for (laughs) me because of what I said earlier. He walked into literally as good of a situation as anyone ever could have in the history of college football. I mean, he was the cupboard was so full. Urban Meyer just left him everything. Uh, But I will say, he. I gotta admit, I think he exceeded my expectations because they didn't miss a beat. Uh, his play calling was great. Their offense was insane. He's recruited really well. He's kept that up. I know it's not hard to do with that program, but uh, it it didn't taper off. Yeah, this is a no brainer to me. It's just a, a clear feel better about the situation. If you go back to the year before, the Ohio State had a lot of hiccups. Their defense wasn't very good, even though they had a lot of talent. The offense seemed to sputter at times. They were teams that were lower teams, you know, like. Maryland almost got him. Maryland almost got him. Nebraska almost got him in Columbus. They were not that great. You know, they didn't look like a national title contender at all. And then you fast forward to this year. I mean, they were just straight murdering folks. You know, it was a completely different team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the same guys, but a completely different team. I know they had Justin Fields, but completely different squad. So to me, this is a a no-brainer that they Dave is a great, great hire, and I feel better about it if I'm Ohio State. Yeah, because I didn't know how to feel about Ryan Day. He, yeah, who I hardly even knew the guy. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel better. If they'd gone like ten and two or eleven and one, 
then I'd be feeling about the same, Trey. But yeah. no, they I mean they were incredible. Won. Yeah, no, they went undefeated and man, they were good. Yes, they were. Alrighty, I'm assuming by the silence it's my turn. That's a that's a good uh, cue to take, Ryan. You can also just <laughs> yeah, it's a good look cue. at the outline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's on my phone here, actually. I didn't put it on my iPad or anything. So Wow. Yeah, sorry. All right, Mike Houston, East Carolina. Uh I think I feel a little bit better actually about this one uh than I did previously. He he they didn't have a great year, obviously. They went four and eight. But if you go back the year before that, they were three and nine. And they were just getting straight murdered by people. It was, the games were not competitive. Um, and they, so there's definitely some at least improvement on the field. Even though it was only a one-game improvement, it looked like they were more competitive. And he has been recruiting better. They had the fourth-best class in the AAC, which is saying something. And it's the best class they've had since 2004 overall. So this is uh, a, an uptick in talent that's coming. Uh, and I think they're, they proved a little bit better on the field. So... I'm feeling a little bit better about it. Not that I was like super high on it before right. or super low, but yeah. Okay. Well, we got kind of a similar story at number seven, Will Healy at Charlotte. He was actually pretty highly thought of when he got the job because of what he had done at Austin P. Just amazing turnaround there. Who Both was on the guy th- that was like really high on Healy? That was uh, Mitch Light. Oh, there He you came go. on our podcast and, and talked about him. That's right. Yeah. So, um, but I feel I feel even better now. So they went seven and six, made their first ever bowl game, despite their preseason uh, win total being set at four and a half. So they really outperformed that, and their recruiting class, the best ever, at eighty eighth. So he's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, for them, it's great. <laughs> so him and Billy Napier, those two guys, are he and Billy Napier, are the two rising young stars yeah. in the G five. Well, and Charlotte has a nightclub in their locker room when they win so that's true, true. He, he took his shirt off and goes crazy it's tough to it. beat that all right next we got at number six jeff collins of georgia tech he came in from temple of course i'm feeling better uh even though they went three and nine uh he walked into a hard situation uh we all know that he had to transition uh, at the offense from the option of Paul Johnson to a more traditional spread, but they, they returned very little going into last year. I like his passion and enthusiasm. The recruiting took a major step forward this year. They had the fifth best class in the AAC, 26th overall. Um, in the ACC. They, oh, did I say AAC? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about Temple for a sec, but yes, yeah. ACC. Uh, they were 50th last year, so they, they jumped. They they doubled their success yeah, there. Was never Paul Johnson's strong suit. No, I mean it might take a little bit of time, but I'm optimistic on Collins. Yeah, I think I'm about the same. Also, here it's obviously the recruiting is good, and it helps that they got a, a really good quarterback for the future, Jeff Sims, or yeah, Jeff Sims from Florida. He's kind of a dual threat, four star kid that they got. Um, they also signed signed uh, six offensive linemen. And that's kind of the uh, the big difference, as we know, from going from an option. You know, you got a bunch of short guys playing tackle and stuff like that. So that's going to take some time to develop. But the excitement seems like it's there. He's got enough buzz around the program that you've got to feel at least strong, uh, feel confident that he's doing the right things right now. So, yeah, I feel about the same because I thought it was a good hire, but he's he's proven it right now. Yep. I just echo what you said, Ryan, about the same. Bad on the field results, as expected. There was no way it wasn't going to be, but good recruiting. So, yeah, doing what he's supposed to. 
Yep. All right. Let's move on to number five. And this is an easy, easy answer. Maybe the easiest answer of the podcast. Oof. Oof. Dana Holgerson at Houston obviously came from from West Virginia, got a huge deal for AAC, highest paid coach in that conference. Uh, you, you, there's you got to feel worse 100%. You know, with Derek King and some good up weapons on the offense, we all thought they were in store for a pretty big year. Everybody did. He Derek King was a dark horse Heisman contender. It didn't help that he got ended up getting kind of hurt and quit on his team. Um but still, they went four and eight, aren't bringing in a good class recruiting this year. They were seventh in the conference, which you're right into the heart of Texas. There were supposed to be a ton of excitement. Nah, nah, didn't happen for them. So huge disappointing year for Houston after what was a really exciting moment a year ago. You go back to that time when they hired him. It's like, hey, this is yeah. awesome. Like, wow, we just stole a big 12 coach to come to us and mm, without his big time. But now it's... It's a big year actually coming up for him now. He's got a, he's, you know, it was kind of like a red shirt do over year, honestly, last year. He's, now it's like, okay, we got to, we got to have a winning record here. It is, but I, I just don't know if there's anything they can do about it because they signed him to so much money that I, he's not going to get fired after this year, even if they have another bad right. year. But, but wasn't it just like a four year deal? We, oh, was it? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll look I would have thought it was longer than that, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, good analysis by us. I'm looking it up here. Here we go, guys. Okay, thank you. That's thank what we you. do. We well, look up live. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll move on to number four as you do that. And it is Matt Wells at Texas Tech. Of course, he came over from Utah State. And it wasn't a great season. They went four and eight. So it, hard to feel positive about that. But I will say I'll give them a little bit of a break. They weren't supposed to be all that good. I mean, a bowl game, I think, would have been a successful season. And had Alan Bowman, their quarterback, not got injured, then... Maybe they would have gone six and six. So I'll just say I feel about the same. Five years. Five years. Oh, five years. Okay. Five years, 20 million. All right. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That, for Houston. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm maybe feeling a little worse on Wells. I, I wasn't, I guess, overly high on, on him to begin with. It, it's no doubt hard to win in Lubbock, but they, they didn't really improve. I know Bowman was hurt, but, but Duffy is a solid backup and, they were still four and eight. The I just I just didn't really I wasn't really buying into the the Red Raiders a bunch. And Alan Alan Bowman's really gonna have to stay healthy this year, and they're gonna need a couple things to bounce their way uh, before I'm a little more optimistic on him at Texas Tech. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm about the same. I, I wasn't very high on the hire coming from Utah State, where he wasn't the creator of that program. Uh, Gary Anderson was so he kind of just kept the train rolling yeah and and not only that he the first few years there for Matt Took, Wells were yeah we're not good like they exactly just, and and so it really he really got hired based on that one great year which it was a great year um before before he went over to Texas Tech but I always worry about that yeah yeah me too uh you know so you know it's recruiting is okay it's about the same as it's been didn't really get much better or worse, maybe slightly worse, but it's, yeah, there, it, it, he just wasn't a huge big name hire, you know, so it, for Texas Tech to move the needle for Texas Tech, you need some big type of t- big name or something to get ex- people excited. And Matt Wells was not that, so I, I, but I'm about the same as I was. You need, you need a Tommy Tuberville type guy. <laughs> <laughs> or, 
or the love of Michael's life, Cliff or Lane? Cliff, Cliff left USC, so the love is now lost, and it is Michael. What happened true. to the uh, fake Ryan laugh? <laughs> they, there I is. forgot about okay. that. I should have used that earlier when no one was yeah, laughing was, at one of my jokes. Yeah, I was waiting for it. Uh huh. Who who we got next? Uh, Chris Kleiman, Kansas State. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm. I think we all probably agree with this one. I'm feeling better. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, you know, I didn't know how his North Dakota State pedigree and background would do replacing a legend like Bill Snyder, but he passed with flying colors. Uh, they improved this year with even without star power. They outperformed their their Vegas expectations. They beat Oklahoma and perhaps the the upset of the year. They won at Mississippi State, and three of their losses were by less than a touchdown. So there's uh, reason to be encouraged in the Little Apple. Yeah, it, for sure. I mean, no doubt that they performed pretty well this year. I was. Um the thing with K-State is they obviously never have huge recruiting classes, but it's just the culture that they kind of built. And I feel like Kleiman is maybe going to be able to do that with the style of play that they have, running the balls, you know, shortening the game. It kind of feels like the Kirk Ferentz type of uh, style. Yeah. And I feel like maybe he can get Kansas State to be almost the Iowa of the Big 12. Just, you know, not going to beat themselves, be solid, and just kind of take advantage of some turnovers, whatever, whatnot. Um, or, so just it, Snyder, maybe outperf- or just the Bill Snyder, or just the Bill Snyder K State of the Big Twelve. Well, well, I don't know if you can get to that level of because Snyder got him pretty damn good at for for a while there. Yeah. Um, but I just I think he's brings that stability and that type of culture that you would need to work in a place like K State. But I do agree with Trey. I feel better about it because he kind of proved it this year. Yeah, for sure. You got to feel better. Um, so I feel worse because I'm just a rebel like that. Mm-hmm. Number two. Yeah, number two, Neil, Neil Brown. Brown. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a big hire there for West Virginia. That was uh, had a lot of momentum coming from Troy, um, and we were we were high on him at that time, and I, I'm still high, but not maybe quite as high. I don't know. It's uh, I didn't expect much this year because of all the talent that he lost and the just mass exodus of players that he had before the year. So we all kind of knew it was going to be a troublesome year on the field. And they ended up going five and seven, actually exceeding with the wins that I, I expected or most people expect. They got five, so I was expecting maybe three or four. Um, it's just, even though they, they did that, it's still hard to get excited about a losing season. And the recruiting is just, eh, you know, it's not great. It was like 37. I mean, it was solid. It was a solid class for West Virginia. It was solid. It, I think it was what, fourth in the Big 12 which I guess is pretty solid. Yeah. But it was, isn't that kind of weird though? The fourth best class in the Big 12 was 37th. That is. That's not, isn't that, that's not good. Well, not everyone can be the SEC, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, or even throw in the Big 10 in there too. They had a lot better, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel, I feel about the same. I, I just, you kind of, you kind of made all the key points there. Five and seven was basically expectation, if not slightly better. So I feel, I feel still good about them. Yeah, I'm the same as well. Uh, but I will say this is the year that we need to, will really begin to judge, judge him. Uh, their offense has to show improvement. I was looking at Bill Connolly's SP plus preseason, uh, ratings and he has the Mountaineers 64th overall, but 82nd best offense. So if that ends up being the case, I won't be too high next year. Yeah. I haven't, to be honest. I mean, of course we haven't done our, 
research going into next year, but is Jared Deggy supposed to be the guy for for that? I next believe year? so. I mean, he should be. I thought he would. Yeah, I, was, I thought he was going to be the guy coming into the year. I know. I was surprised they didn't go to him earlier. Were they? Yeah, I, me too. I was too. I I liked him. Maybe they were trying to preserve. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was, but anyway. Uh, we get to number one right now, and this is, by the way, number one on Athlon's rankings of, of how good the hires were, so they they called it last year. Good job, Mitch Light. Scott's most people did. Okay, well, I just am trying to, you know, forge a friendship with our buddy Mitch, and he just had to go and do that, Ryan. He's not going to listen to this, so we can still have him on. It's not, I just, I just want friends, Ryan. <laughs> He's a Scott, great guy. <laughs> thanks he knows his stuff he does scott satterfield louisville he's not on the podcast anymore i missed that too i know i know but um, is Braden gall still doing it okay it sounds like you haven't been listening right yes he's still on the podcast hey, football season's over. <laughs> i took a break uh, man i need some rest yeah well they've got they've got a new guy uh well, S- Steve Lassen, he's he's been been there for a long time. We should have him on the podcast. He's very very sharp guy. That's that's the one that uh, Mitch, when he made an appearance on our our show last year, he was talking up Steve Lassen's knowledge. Right, right. I remember that Stephen Lassen. Uh, anyway, back to our podcast. Let's not shill for another one. Scott Satterfield at Louisville. So yeah, you got to feel even if you had him as your number one hire, you got to feel better about it because they were two and ten. Of course, the year before he took over, they were seemed to be in shambles, but he went eight and five and going into next year too, they're 13th in Bill Connolly's returning production rankings. So everything is looking very good. He did an amazingly quick turnaround. Yeah. And, and all that returning production, but then you got to throw in Mikhail Cunningham. Oh yeah. I mean, hello. He's super exciting. I, I was, I, I saw a stat. It was, I think on Twitter the other day about him being the second most efficient quarterback in the country had he had enough attempts. I think he was like just like one pass or something away from having enough. Wow. And he would have been behind Tua. So he was just like right there. He was electric when he was the guy. Uh, obviously, Juwan Pass will take a pass on. Um, <laughs> thank you. I was waiting for you. I saw you going for that. <laughs> it took you a while. <laughs> you got yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Uh but yeah, no, it was uh, Cunningham brings the excitement. You got Hawkins, who also kind of proved that he was electric with running the ball. Oh so they yeah, got some, they got some pieces, man. They're yeah, they're uh, you got definitely got to feel better about it. Oh yeah, they won their bowl game. Recruiting was dramatically better than it was last year. Uh, I mean, they're they got the pieces. I would be very excited if I was in Louisville right now. Yeah, recruiting is about the only thing that wasn't like yeah, because that last I mean, year it was better than the year before, but. You know, it wasn't good. Almost all these guys had a better recruiting class than the year before because it was transition right. class because they're first year coaches. So, um, but yeah, he's he can develop the talent. So I don't worry too much about. Yeah, as long as it's solid. Yeah. Which it, it was. Okay. We did it. We went through all 27 hires. Thank you for listening to the College Football Bros. I got a pod- question for you. Oh, okay. Gonna, is it, was it uh, over or under this? Op- podcast next year and i can't you should probably you know you kind of got to know that right now but you're asking amount of what what's the question over or under how many coaches we t- have to touch on next year i'll set it at 
we kind of already know. 23 and a half, 20, what's that? We already know. Oh, we already know. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> that we already know. <laughs> we, just, we, we, don't, we don't, we just, we have to count them right now, but. Oh, you know, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should say like two years, but you know, it's like, was it more or less than 27 this past year, I guess, you know, are we going to have more, you know? So you don't it know. Seems like it's less. No, I don't. Hmm. I can, I don't, that's going to be a tough one to look up to. It's not that hard to look up, Is I it? feel like. Let's have a race where we look it up, okay? Boom. It looks like I, I'm looking at sporting news and they're I'm showing two. They're showing twenty-three, but wait a second, does this include Mel Tucker? It does include Either Mel way, Tucker. It's twenty-three it, or four, so it's less than less than last year. But it doesn't include Carl Durrell. <laughs> okay, or maybe Carl Durrell. Yeah, we're we're climbing. I'm thinking it's twenty-four. All right, so barely less. I was going to say, it seems like it would be tough to have more than 27. Yeah, that was pretty high. Because, well, last year's podcast, I think it was something like 23 or something we did this last year. Oh, well, there, okay. There you go. Give or take. I mean, that's like more than one-fifth of the coaches. That's uh Too much math going lot. on here. I'm done. We should just, we should end the show, okay? It's time for bed. Time for bed. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening. If you like the show and you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so. Patreon.com slash college football bros. You'll get bonus episodes. You'll get to join the Discord where the three of us bros are very active talking with the listeners. And also, I wanted to give a shout out to our newest patron, Jordan. I would literally die for Jordan. I would yeah. die. Wow. Okay. High praise. Yes. W- you know, you got... I got to keep up my with my my Discord chat. It's uh, you guys are good at it. Yeah, you haven't been as active lately, but you're there. You're you're there. I'm there. I definitely am there. But man, I I just feel like I'm busy. I got you know. You guys, I always keep up with the conversation. Ringing endorsement from Ryan. Have, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys are great at it. I got to keep up my texting game. I'm not the greatest texter in the world. Trey and I have no lives, so. We just live in the Discord. It, it goes with in hand in hand with my social media thing. I'm just not great on social media. I'm not. I'm not on, even on Instagram, and you know, yeah. But there's so many. There's a lot of good conversations on Discord. It's uh, it's entertaining to read. There you go. You turned it around, and we're back. We're back. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so the latest episode we dropped on there was we competed with each other to draft the perfect college football broadcast in one draft, and the other draft we each attempted to draft the perfect fast food restaurant and so we're letting the listeners decide who won it was a great episode encourage you to listen and we will talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.